Hallelujah. Amen. Ain't God good? Hallelujah. Come on, give him a little bit of praise. Come on. Come on now. Don't be afraid. Come on, you're, you're in a Pentecostal church this morning. Amen. You can worship the Lord freely. Amen. Hallelujah. We're not Pentecostal by denomination. We're Pentecostal by experience. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Y'all give this worship team a hand. Amen. Ain't it? Hallelujah. My wife sends her love. She wishes she could be here today, but she is home packing. We have sold the house and have a South Carolina residence. So we, we are excited. Amen. We, we're believing God's going to do some great and mighty things. And, and uh, we're just excited about everything that's going on. And just believing for greater days ahead. Amen. Hallelujah. Appreciate each and every one of you being here today. Thank you to all of our guests for being here today. I want to tell you how special you are to us. Uh, it means a lot to us because we know that you passed a lot of other churches to get here. And we thank you for choosing us. Amen. And we're going to believe that God's going to do a, a great work here today. Amen. Um, if you got your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to Deuteronomy, the 31st chapter. And I'm going to read the 8th verse. I want you to see and know and understand that we serve a God that goes before us. How many of you know that a lot of times we go through things in our life and we feel like that we've had a setback? How many of you feel like you've had a setback at times? I've learned to understand that when you follow God, you don't have setbacks. You have setups. God will set you up in order to do what he wants to do in your life. And he will make a way where there seems to be no way. Amen. Deuteronomy 31 and verse 8, it says, And the Lord, he is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. Don't be confused. Don't be, don't, don't be worrying. He's the God that goes before you. I like what the Amplified Version says. It says, the Lord is the one who goes ahead of you. He will be with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. You don't have to worry. He's a God that goes before you. In Genesis 22, it says, Then he said, Take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to a land of Moriah, and offer him there as a burnt offering on one, on one of the mountains, which I shall tell you. Now this is Abraham having to take Isaac to offer him after God has promised him a son. Now he's telling him to go and sacrifice his son. Uh, I'm pretty sure that um, Abraham could have sat there and dwelled on that word and got nervous and, and not really understood what God was trying to do for him instead of just simply obeying. Sometimes the best thing for us to do is just obey God 
and stop worrying about how God's going to work it all out. Because I promise you, if God's told you to do something, you don't have to worry about the details of him working it out. He's going to work it out. See, what Abraham did not know, or did he see, when he was, up on, when he was climbing up the mountain of Mount Moriah, there are several things that I want you to see in this story that Abraham did. It says, and so Abraham arose early in the morning and saddled his, his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac, his son, and he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place for which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to the young men, Stay here with the donkey. The lad and I go yonder to worship, and we will come back to you. Notice what he said. He didn't say, I will come back to you. He said, we will come back to you. Sometimes when you know that God has given you a promise, you've just got to prophesy even when it seems like that you're going to lose and you're going to miss out on that promise and that you're going to lose that promise, you just got to speak life into that promise. See, what Abraham did not was not able to see is he wasn't able to see the provision that was coming up on the other side. And the reason a lot of times we don't see provision in our life is because we're not willing to climb the mountain. We want to stay at the base and talk about how good God is and all this kind of stuff and keep our stuff to ourselves. But when God has put it, give us a promise, we can rest assured that God is a God that fulfills that promise and will bring that promise to fulfillment in our life if we're willing to climb the mountain. Sometimes we've got to get up to the place that God has called us to in order to see the blessing that God is trying to bring to us. Abraham never would have experienced the fullness of what he was going Going to receive if he had not went up that mountain. See, a lot of times we don't want we don't want to work anything. We've got we just want to we just want the blessings and we want all this ease. And we say, well, if it's God, then everything's going to be easy. Not necessarily. Sometimes you got to do a little bit of work. Sometimes you got to put a little faith. I believe that Abraham must have remembered back where he tried to he tried to receive uh, the, the firstborn son that he had through the maid, but he issued. And he must have said, well, I tried that. And God said, no, I'm going to give you a son and his name is going to be Isaac. So he realized here is Isaac and God's asking me to take him up on this mountain. So I know that if I got to go through with this, that God must going to be resurrecting. So he gets up there and God has already went before him. His son is there on their way up the mountain. His own son, Isaac, looks at him and said, Father, the wood and the fire. But where's the sacrifice? And Abraham looked at his son and said, God will provide for himself a sacrifice. See, sometimes we just got to follow through with things. We got to be willing to go where God is calling us to go. Abraham, Abraham left the place where he was. And you, know, you have no idea on the effects that it's going to do to the next generation. That's the reason it's important for us to be obedient to God. 
We try to figure everything out. Most everybody, and I've said this before, most everybody in this room today, if not everybody, when you pray, you get a preconceived idea how you think God's going to do something in your life. And it may be fathers from reality because God may do something totally different. Why? Because he's God and he can. It's just that simple. He don't have to do it the way we think. Amen? He can do it a totally different way. So anyway, so here's, here's another one. How many of you remember the story of Moses when Moses brought the people out of Egypt? When he got to the Red Sea shore, everybody thought he was gone. He looked across the Red Sea, not knowing. Listen to me. I want you to understand something because he couldn't see all the way across. It was 18 miles across. It's only 14 miles to the horizon. And then you can't see over that. Sometimes God will lead you in places and take you places where you can't see the other side. You have no idea what's on the other side. You just need to know that you're serving a God who cannot fail you. When it seems like that you're backed against the wall, some of us wouldn't have never come out of our sin because, because God brought us out of our sin, but we never would have left it if we had not have had God to do this and lead us to this place. And he led them to the Red Sea, but God knew that it wasn't enough to take them out of their past. He had to bring them to a place to where he could get their past out of them. In other words, he was going to destroy their past. So that they'd never have to be able to worry about that again. And how ironic it is that he brought them to the Red Sea. And he takes us to the cross and places the blood over our sin and washes our sin away. He took them to the Red Sea and it looked like their back was against the wall and he told Moses, he said, now here's the hardest thing for Christians to do. Stand still and see the salvation of your God. Amen. We get all nervous when we get in a pinch. When things ain't working out the way that we think they ought to work out. But I promise you that if you connected to God and you following God and it seems like, listen, one thing I've learned with God, that with God there is no dead end. There's always a way. When God is with you, there is always a way. It may seem like that everything is closing in around you, but I promise you God has a plan. He's a God that goes before you. He don't take you there and then try to figure out what to do next. He's already got it planned out. He's not waiting for you to get to your tomorrow or your next week. He's already there. He's waiting on you. When you get there, he's already there. And when they got at the Red Sea shore, all of a sudden Moses said, y'all be quiet. The Lord has spoke to me. Just stand still and see the salvation of your God. He stretched his rod out across and the Red Sea opened up and they went across on dry ground. When they got across and Pharaoh's army tried to follow them, listen, sin can't follow you where God's taking you. What worked for you won't work for your past. 
God's going to take care of your past. So he brought them to the place. They had no idea where they was going. See, a lot of times we can't see where God, exactly where God has taken us. We just need to walk the path that he opens up for us. Three Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They was going to be thrown into a burning, fiery furnace. We know the story. Nobody wants to go through the fire. Everybody talks about how, what they're going to do. We talk about what we're not going to do. Well, I, I wouldn't do that. You don't know what you do until you get there. Unless you got God with you. You better, you better, you better know this. There's going to come a day. There's going to come a time that you're going to have to walk into reality when you start saying those things that you will do and the things you won't do. You'll have an opportunity to face those things sometimes. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had said, you know, I don't, we're not worried about what this king sets up as far as this golden image. He can set up his golden image all day long. We're not going to bow to it. See, it's one thing that, I'm under, that I've learned over the years is those things that don't bow won't burn. Hmm? If you don't bow, you won't burn. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were, they were there at the king, and the king called them that they had been put over to providence. See, every time that God tries to promote you or brings promotion in your life, you can look for the enemy to try to bring attack to you and try to tear you down. What happened was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was connected to some people who were jealous of their position. So when they seen them not bowing because they didn't have the ability to stand, they got upset because Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did. And they went and told the king. And the king said, brought them in. He said, boys, now look. If you hear the sound of the flute, the harp, the psaltery, and symphony with all kinds of music, and you bow to the golden image, said, good. But if you don't, you're going to be thrown into the burning, fiery furnace. And he says, who is that God that will deliver you? And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, O king, we're not careful to answer you in this manner. Our God can deliver us, but even if he don't, let it be known unto you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we bow to the golden image that you've set up. It made the king so mad he had, to, had it heated up seven times hotter than it ought to have been heated. He had it heated up so hot that when the men threw them in, they died. But God had went before them. The Bible says that they were bound in their trousers, bound hand and foot. When they threw them into the fire, it says they fell down bound. But what happened? The very next verse, the king looked in there and said, Did we not throw three men into the burning, fiery furnace? They said, True, O king. He said, uh, I see four. And the fourth one looks like the Son of God. He was already there. 
in the midst of the fire when they got there. The only things that burn off of them, and a lot of times we despise the fire, but I'm here to tell you this morning that the only things when the enemy brings the fire against you, just hang on because the only things that are going to burn off of you are the things that bind you. Because why? Because you serve a God that goes before you. You serve a God that's going to keep you in the midst of the fire. Not only that, when he brings you out on the other side, because you may go through the fire, but just know this, you're coming out on the other side. And when you're coming out, he's going to bring promotion to you. See, a lot of times we don't have to say nothing. We just have to be obedient to God. How many of you know that Daniel was a man when he prayed, he always opened his window and he prayed towards Jerusalem. He was the first one to ever sleep on a vibrating recliner. Because when he got put in the lion's den, the lion's den, the, the mouths of the lion were shut. And I can just see him laying up there as them things were purring. He probably just laid in comfort all night long, just praying, thanking God for all the greatness of who he was. And nothing, no harm could come to him. But yet the people who had him put in there when they threw them in, before they hit the bottom, they tore them to pieces. See, what works for you don't work for everybody. Huh? Why? Because you serve a God that goes before you. You serve a God who cannot fail you. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We serve a God. Listen. You can't see everything God's doing. We'll never be able to see everything God's doing. You'll never be able to see the doors he's opening. It's just like automatic doors. You go up to an automatic door. You don't know what makes that door open. You just know it opens. It's when you align yourself with that door. Automatic doors, they got a sensor on them. When you align yourself with that door and you walk to that door, it opens automatically. When you align yourself with God, you don't have to worry about doors opening. They'll open. God's protecting us. He brings protection. He puts his protection around us to keep us from, um, and he's shielding us from destruction. Most of us don't have no idea the protection that we have around about us right now. The enemy would like to bring destruction. He'd like to, he'd like to destroy our lives. Some of you have been through attacks and all this kind of stuff, but God, listen, God, you may have went through some things, but I'm here to tell you today that God has brought protection for you. He's, he, he's keeping you. He's delivering you, and he's setting you free. Amen? He's taking the obstacles that the enemy will throw at us, and instead of making them stumbling blocks, instead of allowing the enemy to make stumbling blocks, he'll make them stepping stones. Why? Because he's a God that goes before you. Deuteronomy 1 and 30, it says, The Lord God 
who goes before you will himself fight on your behalf. See, a lot of times we feel like that we're fighting alone. No, God's fighting for you. And listen, I want you to understand this. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what you've done. You listening to me? See, here's the thing about God. No matter what your past is, he'll forgive you of it. I know a lot of people don't like to hear that because we like to choose our sins. We like to choose and choose what's big and what's little sins. Let me just say this. Sin, period, will separate you from God. So to me, sin is big, period, no matter what the sin. But we've got to learn to love the people and despise the sin. And know that we serve a God that goes before us in everything that we face. God loves us right where we're at, but he loves us too much to what? Leave us there. He's bringing us into a new place. He's bringing us into a place of of healing. He's bringing us into a place of deliverance. He's bringing us into a place of power. The greatest thing that we can ever, the greatest thing that we can ever do to reach people is to live a life of God before them. And to know and to walk in such a way that we know that, that when others see us going through a situation that they can see the faith in our lives of knowing that we serve a God that's already ahead of us. He's already there. We're not worrying about how we're going to get there. We know that we serve a God that is big enough. If he's big enough to call us, he's big enough to take us there. He don't take us, he don't take us places to glance over at promises that have been afar off. He's brought us to a place to where we can achieve those things, to where he can bring us into the fullness of our promise. But here's the problem a lot of times. A lot of times we want to go to the promises of God, but we don't want the manna to cease. See, when the children of Israel went across the Jordan, they got across the Jordan, and what happened? The Bible says that that, that God used... Uh, uh, he brought them across and got them to the place to where he could bring, get them to Gilgal to where he could bring and, and, and get their, and roll away the reproach off of them. Right. Amen? Amen? That's the best way to put that. <laughs> but when they got there, the manna ceased and they began to eat the fruit of the land. In other words, he brought them to a place of their promise to where they could begin to sow seed and eat the fruit of the land. See, a lot of times we want, we want, to, uh, we want, to, we want the blessings of God, but we don't want to sow the seed. And then when he got them to the place to where he could get into the secret place of their life, See, because God wants to get into the secret place of our lives. And when he can get in there and roll the reproach away and take things out of our life, he can bring us to the fulfillment of the promise because then as they went across and they come to Jericho, Joshua seen an angel standing there with a sword drawn. 
And he walked up to the angel and said, Are you for us or for our adversary? And the angel said, For neither. But as commander of the Lord's army. In other words, what he is saying is, I did not come here to take sides. I come here to take over. And that's where a lot of us draw the line right there. We want God to take sides. And God's not going to take sides. He's going to take over. Amen. Hallelujah. Because he's a God that goes before you. And he'll bring you through every situation that you face. Amen. Let's all stand. Isaiah 52 and 12, it says, For the Lord will go before you, and the God of Israel will be your rear guard. You don't have to worry about if, if somebody's got your back. God's got your back. But in all of this, I want you to understand. I don't want you to miss this. Because a lot, of, a lot of times we get this conception that God's just going to protect us. God's protection is there for each and every one of us. And if his protection and if his hand wasn't on this nation right now, we'd see a lot more destruction than what's going on. But we need to know and understand and have a fear of God. I'm not talking about him being afraid. I'm talking about a reverence for God. And reverencing God in such a way that we walk according to his word. Because God's not going to change his word to fit you. You're going to have to change to fit his word. why Paul said he said I beseech you therefore brother by the mercy of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy acceptable to God which is your reasonable service and do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God God don't have now listen I want you to understand something God don't have three different wheels for your life it's one will it's good and acceptable and perfect and he wants to bless you more than you want to be blessed when I'm praying and I'm asking God and I'm not seeing the fruit that I want to see in my life. The first thing I do is ask God, what do I need to do? What do I need to do to line up with your word that I can receive everything that you have for me? Because I'm convinced that when you, where God told you to be, doing what God told you to do, that he'll show up to you in a way that you've never seen him before. He'll present himself in a whole new light. He's faithful and he's true.
And I want you to understand, we, none of us in this room are perfect people. But we are connected to a perfect God. And He loves you. He loves you. Don't look at your setback no more. Don't look at things as a setback. Look at them as a setup. And look for the goodness of God to show up in some of the worst situations you face. Because I promise you, God's got a good, good plan for your life. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you, Lord Jesus, for your presence in this place today. I thank you, Lord God, that you are the God that goes before us. I praise you, Lord Jesus, that you've never lost a battle. And you're not about to begin or start with me or anyone else in this room. So we put our trust and hope in you, Lord God. You are a God that will bring increase into our lives. We honor you. We praise you and we thank you for it, Lord God. We glorify your name. If you're here this morning and you need a touch in your life, you need God to do something special for you this morning, I want you to come. We want to pray with you. Maybe you've never received the Lord as your personal Savior and you would like to do that this morning. I want you to know that there's no better time to receive the Lord than right now. This is the day. Amen.